You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Clint Wright. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday's service now. Good morning. All right. I don't know why I say yes to getting up here, but here I am, Clint. We're going to make it through this. Um, So we're in the summer of Psalms, and we are going to continue that this morning. Um, We're going to be starting a new series here pretty soon, but this morning as I was, um, we're going to be looking at the Psalms in a way as to uh, not necessarily focusing on one Psalm in particular, as we have done in some of the other weeks, but we're going to zoom out a little bit kind of take a bigger picture at the Psalms, and, uh, and then we're going to kind of get a little bit more specific on uh, one of the particular types of Psalms that we have. Um, I'm going to try to weave in a little bit of my story, my family's story, and how uh, the, the Psalms have, how we've seen those lived out in our lives. Um, so, Bear with me, there will be times where it will be, where I may be emotional. I've um, put some stuff on the screen you may just have to read instead of listen to me, and that's okay. Uh, I don't really feel awkward when I tear up. You don't need to feel awkward for me. That's fine. I've got my tissues. Um, Mark, I did manage to find three P's and four D's in my sermon outline, so I think I'm, I think I'm close to, to where I need to be. If you feel like you need to open up to the Psalms and have a Psalm in front of you. Uh, we're going to be looking at lament. Uh, so you could open up to Psalm 12 and 13. Those are two examples of laments. We're going to come back to that here in a little bit. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Josh Mills and uh, my family. Uh, I think I've got a picture of them up there. That's us uh, earlier. Well, that was last year. Um, and uh, so my wife, Molly, and our four kids. Uh, many of you who don't know, though, about just a little over three years ago, we lived in a very different place. So we moved back to East Texas after spending almost 15 years in North Africa. We lived pretty much the whole time in the Sahara Desert. And that theme of desert will be part of what I share more about uh, this morning, um, we lived there. Uh, most of our kids, for the first part of their lives, they grew up there. They didn't see green trees and lakes of East Texas. They saw desert sand. They saw rock. They saw barrenness. <laughs> I remember one time when we came back to the states for a visit, and we were walking down the street, and our kids they saw grass. And they just lit up. They were like, what is that? And they looked at it, and they were amazed by it, and they ran, and they rolled around in it. And it was just amazing to see that when you're in one context and you move to another, uh, just the differences and what becomes new, what things we've taken for granted. But that's where we live. We lived for 15 years. And then just a little over three years ago, we came back to the States, and we ended up living here. While we were over in Africa, we worked with a team. 
And this team was from different parts of the world, sent out by churches just like ours to work in a very difficult context. And this team was vital to us as a family, to uh, the work we were doing, uh, living and working in team, uh, working in community uh, is, a, is an important part of, of our life experience. Uh, if you remember back in the garden, uh, God is creating, creating, creating each day. And every time he's saying, it's good, it's good, it's good. But the one thing he said was not good was for man to be alone. And that's what we're going to touch on that as we look at the Psalms this morning. Practicing the Psalms, letting the Psalms be influence who we are and how we live, uh, doing it in community and not alone is a big part of that. And so our team was a big part of living and working there uh, in, sorry, let me get these situated, in North Africa. So uh, I want to just uh, say as we, we're looking at the Psalms, we want to look at uh, what are the Psalms and why are they important for us as we consider how we live out our lives today? And one of the things is that the Psalms, they give us a model. They, they give us insights into how God's people lived for centuries and they show us how we come together. They show us how we, we walk through seasons of life in our own hearts, but also as a, as a body, as the people of God. So they give us a model for what it looks like to interact with God, to engage with God, to pursue his presence, to pursue his purposes in our life. But they're not just a model, but they also are the substance that we need, the substance we need to actually, it is the living, breathing word of God that when we come to it, we don't just say, well, that's, that was for another time. That was for another people. We are the people of God, and the eternal word of God that we have in the Psalms is actually what we, when we come and interact with it, when we pray those prayers, when we sing those songs, when we bring the Psalms into the words we sing together, it does something in us, and we interact with it. it, it, it it's, it's what gives us life. And whether you do that on your own or together, it gives us substance. Now, as we look at the Psalms as a whole body of work, okay, these were, all of these poems and songs, they were collected, they were curated, they were put together, and it, it, was, it, was, it was God's gift to his people that gave them life. And as I was looking at this, I, I, just, I, was, I found it really helpful as I was reading through uh, Old Testament scholars named Walter Brueggemann, and he breaks the Psalms down into three categories. And I want to touch on that this morning because I found it really, really helpful as we zoom out and take that bigger picture. And so he looks at these categories, um, and he, 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 he has the categories of, there's the Psalms of Orientation. Uh, there's some examples up there. These are, he would say, these, are, these would be the ones that we're probably the most familiar with. They're the ones we're the most comfortable with. Uh, these are the psalms that we, that, that we like to go to. And what he means by orientation is, is these are the psalms that um, 
They're the psalms that, 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 that uh, capture the gratitude God's people have for how God has created and ordered the world and humanity and all that is in it. And so when we, when we, have, when we see these psalms, it's, it's, also, it's often referring back to the creation story. It's looking at uh, issues of justice or how things are meant to go. And this would be, these are the wisdom song, psalms, the creation psalms, uh, the ones that really uh, tie back into God's law, the Torah. It's because when God has a created order, and when things are going well, when things are going as God has created them to be, these are the psalms that come out. This is what we are thankful for, we're rejoicing in. This is where it is, it is, everything is in that shalom, that wholeness, okay? But then Brueggemann looks at another type of psalm, and that's the psalms of disorientation. This, these are the psalms that we read that are, that are the ones that are capturing the, the states of, that we're in, the seasons of life, the changes, the, the things when everything becomes disoriented with the way God has created it to be. And these psalms uh, actually are almost more than a third or right at a third of the book of Psalms. These are the ones that, that, that we, we interact with, that we come to when it is not well, when all is not well with your soul. And those are the psalms that you you come to in that place of disorientation. His third category is a psalm of new orientation. And the way he describes this is these are basically deeper levels of the psalms of orientation. This is where when you've, you've been disoriented and you are coming back to a renewed place of faith, a renewed joy, a new orientation that is from God. And this is what, this, this is happening all the time. We see it individually and we see it corporately. We see it in churches. We see it in the nation of Israel. We see it in nations. You see it in families, in groups of people. There's, there's a time that we're oriented. There's a time that we're disoriented. But God is always calling us to a new orientation, a, a, a picture, a way to describe it would be a new faith horizon. When you, when you climb over that first peak and you struggle to get there, and then you see, oh, there's another one out there. But to get to it, you've got to go through some valleys to get to that next faith horizon where your faith is stronger, your faith is renewed, there's greater joys and more to be seen. So as we look at this, we have to think about, like, what does it look like as we, we interact with the Psalms? Either we use them as a model and we're, we're, we're writing our own songs and poems and our own laments, or we're actually interacting with the Psalms that we have, the 150 that we have in the Bible. And one of the things I found helpful is... As we come to God, whether it's individually or, or collectively together, 
we can think about three things. Here, here are the three Ps. So first of all, it's the person of God. The next one is the position we have. And then it's the posture we take. So let me give an example of what I mean by this. You know, we may see the person of God as a shepherd. Okay? And we may come as the, in the position of a sheep, right? And that's the position we have. We are sheep. But it's very different when I'm coming to him in a posture of lostness where I need to be rescued or I'm coming to him in the posture of having been fed and I'm satisfied. It's, we're interacting, we're coming to God, we're, we're di- dialoguing with him, we're in conversation, we're connecting with him in different ways, a different posture. Or a father. God the Father is there. He invites us with open arms to come to him. And sometimes we come to him as a child and we may be coming to him ashamed of something we've We've done a sin or an evil, or we may be coming to him excited and proud. And those are two different postures. One last example would be the, a king. Do I come to him as a servant or do I come to him as a friend? Are we reporting for duty or are we enjoying a memory that we shared together? And these are just examples of the Psalms give us many different ways, many different ways to come to God, to interact with him And it's helpful for us that if we will stop and pause and consider who is God to me right now? Who does he need to be to me right now? Who am I coming to him? Am I that servant? Am I that, that friend? What posture do I need to take as I come to God this morning? What posture do we need to take as a church in this season? And these are what the Psalms do, is they are this amazing collection that give us so much to work with in our interaction with the Lord as we pursue his presence and his purposes. So now I want to look at um, a little more closely at the Psalms of disorientation and specifically Psalms of lament. So almost a third of the Psalms are laments. And uh, if you did open up to Psalm 12 and 13, Psalm 12 is an example of a corporate lament, and Psalm 13 is an example of an individual lament. Jesus, when he cried out on the cross, he was referencing a psalm of lament, Psalm 22. He was in a disoriented state, hanging on that cross. He cried out, all was not well. And he referenced this uh, Psalm 22 in that moment. Psalms of lament are, are, are there for the maturing of our faith and character. When we are in those places of disorientation, that is not where God wants us to stay. But he does want us to be there long enough that maturity in, in our faith and character comes out of it. And we can't rush through that. We have to stay there and let God do the work he wants to do in us in that place of disorientation. We don't want to stay there, but we need to be there long enough. They're also practiced individually and corporately. And this is, this is one that um, is probably, you know, that we, we don't always see it this way because we live in a culture 
And I would say probably one of the, one of the most tragic shifts in, in our kind of postmodern culture is a shift to individualism at the expense of community. And we don't, we're not comfortable with this, but if you were to step back into the time where these psalms were put together and where they were practiced with God's people, most of the time they were practiced corporately together in community. And whether that's a small house church or that's a massive gathering at a feast where they all came together into the city at the temple, but they were often, most often practiced in community, but they are also given to us individually in our own seasons, in our own hearts, mind, soul, where we need to practice them. Uh, finally, they're, they're, they're an invitation from God. It's a gift. God gives us this, these psalms, these psalms of lament, that as hard as they are to read and as hard as they are to like give ourselves to lamenting, to grieving loss and sorrow, disappointment, it's a gift from God for us if we'll receive it and walk through it. So I'm going to just touch on four uh, elements that are generally a part of laments, the Psalms of laments. Okay, so here's the four D's. Um, so we've got, first of all, we need to direct. That's directing our attention and our affection to God. Now this, this presupposes that we are actually in covenant relationship with God and we have something to, to, to depend, to, to, to direct ourselves to, to that relationship. If we are not, then, then we, we have to come back to this idea, like, who is God to me? If he is not your God, if he is not your Lord, if he is not your master, then you're not, what are you calling on, okay? So we direct our attention to him. So examples of this would be in Psalm 12:1, save, O Lord. Psalm 10, 1, why, O Lord? Psalm 28, 1, to you, O Lord, I call. This is often the beginning of those Psalms of laments, and it's, they're still in a disoriented place, but they are making the first step to position, to posture themselves toward God, and then comes the next step to describe. This is where you describe your suffering, your pain, your loss, your grief, your, this, the disorientation that you are experiencing. You actually describe it, and you use feelings, emotions. You, 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 you put it out there and you, as raw and honestly and vulnerably as you can. And here's the thing, guys, God can handle it. You don't have to try to protect God from your feelings, from your loss. If you're angry at God, tell him. If you're so sad that you barely can find words, Tell him that's his invitation to you. So that second step is to describe. The next one is depend. This is where you shift uh, from the, the describing, from the, Brueggemann also describes psalms of lament. They're also sometimes described as protests or complaints. Um, but uh, and, and this is where we shift from 
just the protest, just the complaint, just the describing, and we shift to depending on God to be the one who rescues. Not on ourselves, not on some strength that we muster up, and then we say, you know what, just pick yourself up, get on with it, you're going to be fine. That is not the goal of these psalms in this process. The goal is not for you to save yourself. The goal is to let Jesus save you. That's the process. And then finally, what we often see in the Psalms of Lament is to dwell on God's faithfulness and goodness. This is his character. This is his character, not yours, okay? This is what's unchanging. The assurance we have from an unchanging God who can handle the disorientation that we're experiencing as we depend on him and dwell on his character and goodness and faithfulness, we come, we come into that renewed faith and renewed joy. So there's some examples there. Sorry, I didn't read the other ones on describe and depend. But Psalm 10, 17, 28, 7, and 42, 8. 10, 17. Oh, Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. There's, a, there's an assurance in that. There's a, a confidence in God and his plans and purposes for us. And that's what we dwell on. That's where we come to come out of that disorientation and we start to be moving into that new orientation that uh, God wants for us. So uh, let's see, I've got, I wanna share some reflections in just a moment and a couple of different um, examples. So I've, uh, I've put this up on the screen. I'm gonna try to read it. Hopefully I can read it and you understand me reading it. This is my own lament. So our family were living overseas, living in that desert place for a good number of years. There are people that were there before us. There were people that came after us. We had a great team. We worked together. We took the baton from team leaders before us, and we passed that baton on to team leaders after us. Uh, the work there is still going forward. Um, but when we returned, we returned in a season of our life for our family, for me personally, that was a season of disorientation. And it's, it's hard to talk about even three, three and a half years later because of, of, of the just the, the depth of it, the magnitude, the, the impact it had on me and our family. Our family wasn't in a good place. My, our marriage wasn't in a good place. There were things we needed to work on with our parenting. And we had this work that God had called us to, and we, we were taken out of that. And we, we chose to stay here, but more than us choosing, it was God doing that. It was God moving us to a new place. And in the, at that time, I did not want to do it. I struggled with it. And so I didn't actually write this lament right at that moment. It, it took some time for me to wrestle with the emotions I had, to, for me to, to, to come to terms with certain things. And, and that, that's one of the reflections on, on disorientation is you can't rush through it. 
you've got to take some time with this. So I'm going to try to read this this morning. This is my own lament um, from that time of leaving. My Lord, hear my heart and soul, my body and mind. The desert is exhausting, just brown, bitter dust. Why did I have to pour out the best years into an endless sifting that drains all hope, vision, strength, and desire? Why does all the loss over all the years end with more loss? There is no return for what's been given, only more demands without purpose. God, you asked me to give my life, but for what? Where is your glory in stubborn, unchanged people and places? Now here I am. The, la the life of sacrifice wasn't preserved. It was cut short. And what? To start over in a meaningless world? Severed from sacrifice only to strive for pointless pursuits. Redeem the lost years, Lord. Restore my faith in your purposes. I know your faithfulness. Never once have I ever walked alone. I trust you to lead me to the green trees and blue waters beyond the barren sands. In this way, this was, I was led through this by a, uh, a group um, of, of valued people who uh, were the kind of people that each of us need in our lives. And this is one of my reflections is, uh, well, I'll, let me come back to that. But so just a, a few of the reflections. Um, to enter into disorientation, it requires judgment. Judgment with, that, that allows us to judge what should be praised and what should be grieved. What should be, we should be thankful for and what we need to be, be, be rid of. Um, without right judgment, we're, we're, we're unable to do that. And so right judgment helps us to judge our lives, our hearts, our minds, our communities, and to know, are we, are we praising this or are we lamenting this? In, a, in the same way, it requires honest admission of the reality of our circumstances. It's not a thing to just push aside, to sweep under the rug, to tuck it away in a closet. No, these are things that we have to come to to be honest and vulnerable with. As followers of Jesus, the, the mark of our maturity, it's not in the absence of negative emotions. It's in our ability to return to faith and joy from those. I'll just read it again. It's, maturity is not the absence of negative emotions. It's our ability to return to joy from them. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, be honest, be vulnerable, but then depend on God 
and dwell on his character to return to faith and joy. Next thing is to find people that you can lament with. And I, I wrote that lament with a group of people. And, and here's the thing. It was what I was talking about earlier in our culture. We actually, about the only loss that's acceptable for us to process with others is the loss of life. But so many other losses in our lives, and I know the stories in this room. There is significant loss and sorrow in this room. And it needs to be brought into a safe community where you can process it and you can move with others from disorientation to a new orientation. And wherever you're at, if you're in a place where all is well and things are good, we can rejoice and celebrate and give thanks for that. But if you're in that place of disorientation, find the people around you that can hear that lament, that can embrace that vulnerability and walk with you through that process. Part of doing that it requires us to, to just to, to make time and space for it, uh, to make it a regular practice uh, that, that is a part of our faith community and our lives and the way we live. And we have to actually value it. And that's, that's a countercultural thing there. We have to value walking with people through their losses. So that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. One of the other things is, uh, and, and it was great for Clint, really, he, he touched on this uh, last week, and he looked at the importance of, of praises, of singing praises. And the interesting thing is, that um, part of the process is actually to audibly and physically process those things, the disorientation. And so in the Psalms, they were, they were, put, to, they were put to music. You know, it, even sometimes you'll see the, the subscriptions where it says, like, put this to the lyre or the harp or stringed instruments. But these, these were poems and, and songs that they were, they were sung together corporately or they were sung out individually. And the, but there's a, it's nothing magical, but there is something important in the way God has created us that we actually audibly confess with our mouths what is going on. We do that in our faith when we confess faith in Jesus but we do that also in these psalms of lament. So Clint touched on this idea last week of singing praises um, and singing songs, and I just um, wanted to share a story. This was one of our teammates. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he. Um, I wanted to share just. So we met. We met him, uh, and he had. He had already spent, he and his family, we met him and his wife, their kids were grown. We met them and they had already spent 30 years in a different North African country. And he, they actually said to us, uh, we hadn't even been in the country we were that long. And he said, yeah, I think we've got 10 more years. Let's go to a new place. But his 30 years 
ended with him being put in prison for what he was doing there. And all of a sudden, he's living his life, and then one day, he's, men come, and they take him, and they put him in a small concrete box. And life is disoriented. You're not going to work that day. You're not, you're not seeing your, your wife, your family. His wife also didn't know what was happening. She was experiencing disorientation. But without going into all the details of that, their story, um, he said that the, the thing that helped him the most when he was in that cell is he had a list of 20 songs and he when he all of his faith was gone when his discouragement was overwhelming when despair was pressing in he said all he could do the spirit led him he just would start singing and he said almost always by the time he got to the third or fourth song his spirit began to lift he said on a few occasions he had to get to 10 and 11 and 12. He says, but every time, joy returned, and he was able to make it through another day. They, he was finally released, and he came back, and in that time, they had, they had taken their computers. They'd taken, they lost all their family photos. They lost all of the, the pictures and memories they had over 30 years, well, at least when they were digital. Um, so they still experienced loss, even after that first initial disorientation. And they still had to process the grief and the, the loss that they had. And that takes time. But they had renewed faith to say, I've got 10 more years. Let's do it again. Let's go back to that desert. Let's put ourselves back out there. I have renewed faith. I see the next faith horizon. God is leading us to, and we can do it with God's help. And they were incredible uh, examples and models for Molly and I. Uh, they, were, they were like the team grandparents for our team, for our kids. So... As we, uh, as we think about it for ourselves today, we have to ask ourselves, what do we grieve and lament today? And that's the question that you walk out of this room with and you take some time and you sit with God and ask him to help you be brutally honest. Maybe you already know what it is. Maybe as... Uh, we've been sharing this morning that the thing that's disoriented for you is there. You know, there, it, it can be a number of things. Failed relationships, missed opportunities, injustice. There's so many things. But the point is, is that God is wanting to move us from disorientation to new orientation. And that's the good news. That's the, that's the gospel of his kingdom, and that's what he's calling us to. And it's the pattern that he set out from the very beginning. 
Go back to that creation story and look. What was God doing? And what has he created for us to do as those created in his image? And it's there throughout the story of God. He's using his people to bring order to chaos, to fill up what is empty, to bring light to darkness, to give life to the dying, healing for the hurting, to restore what is broken. That is the good news this morning, that whatever place of disorientation that you are in today or may come at some point, that's what he's calling you to. And I believe that as we look to him, we depend on him and dwell on his faithfulness that has been unchanging throughout all of time, he will take us through it. Whether it's a moment or it's several years or longer, he will get you through it. And that's what the good news we have this morning. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. If you have questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at BethelBible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.